going, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the House of Horror. Today, we're talking about a franchise built upon sequel after sequel, so we felt it was only appropriate to give you guys the sequel to the podcast that we started yesterday. That's right, we're going to be wrapping up ranking every film in the Friday the 13th franchise. We recorded it all in one shot, but we decided it was just too big to fit into just one episode. So as I said, this is the sequel to yesterday's show, so if you want to hear which film is ranked the lowest, make sure you check out that show first. But for the best of the best, you're at the top five, you've come to the right place, and we're going to get right to it, but before we do that, I want to remind you guys, if you haven't already, to please make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel and turn on notifications so you know when I post new videos. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your show, make sure that you're hitting subscribe and leaving a rating and a review. So with that, we're just going to get right to the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy every Friday the 13th film ranked part two. Now let's get spooky. Are we are we going? Are we plow are we plowing through the rest well, of this? Or what are, we initially what are you... talked about honestly for listenability for somewhat for the viewers, I was I was worried that maybe we, we should split it, but it's up to you. I'd be down with, with whatever you wanted to do. If you wanna plow through or if you wanna make it a two parter, it doesn't matter to me, whatever you're whatever you're thinking. Well, Let's keep her going for a little bit, kids. Let's see what we can. Let's see if we can plow through this. We hope that you plow through this with us. Mocha is sleeping behind Buddy's ass now. He's definitely not plowing through with us. But all right, if we're doing we're more, gonna do I'm it. gonna get another beer. But you can go ahead and start talking about your top five. Your number five. All right, my number five will be the original Friday the Thirteenth. Legend. I I can't put. Honestly, probably up until some of these rewatches that I did for this, I probably would have had the original in, at number three. I love the original Friday the 13th. I think it would work better as a standalone, obviously, but you can't say that. But, I mean, because of what happened. But I still think that it would be, if the entire franchise never happened, if they just did Friday the 13th, I, I obviously it wouldn't be on the level that Halloween is at, um, especially with Halloween becoming the first really big slasher film. I mean, right. big. I mean, big. You know, I'm yeah, not talking huge, about Black like, Christmas, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know, like. But I do think that looking back, people would think that Friday the Thirteenth is still special if it was the only one. I, I think that it would have, would have. I mean, I don't know. Would it have held up? I don't know if it. Years. I don't know if it didn't have that ending. If it would have, I think. True. I think if it didn't have its ending, it would be kind of like a B rate. Like not like I still love them, but I don't think it would be as acclaimed. Like like it would be like with the burning. It would be with stuff like that. I, you know. I can agree. I can agree with that. But I still think they would have had legs and it would have had a huge follow. Like. Big falling with at least within the horror community, right? Yeah, yeah. If Paramount, the only thing is, it had the benefit, regardless of being before a lot of the films that we mentioned, the other big like slashes. So I think that it might have reached some kind of peak. Obviously, it wouldn't have not got to the you know cultural phenomenon that it became in the eighties, and you know lasting you know four decades later. 
as a franchise. Um, but what can I say that I, I didn't say earlier? I was trying to allude to some stuff. I will say, you said, how is Pamela Voorhees, you know, pulling all this off? And then at the end, she... Well, I guess she's, she's tired by exactly. the end Exactly. <laughs> she's fucking tired, bro. She was driving in the rain. She's out in the rain, you know. I mean, she's tired, bro. It's late. She had to kill a lot of camp counselors. She's camp old. Counselors. <laughs> she's old. She probably doesn't want to be doing this shit. She's having PTSD about her son dying, who's actually not dead. Um... I think there's some absolutely phenomenal kills. Young Kevin Bacon. I mean, Savini, you know, really starting to, you know, coming off of Dawn of the Dead, coming off of Knight Riders, really starting to peek into, you know, mainstream and really starting to show what special, like, what can be done with special effects, makeup effects. You know, I mean, there were some films that were doing this, but... Looking back, this coming out in 1980, a lot of the 70s stuff still was a little bit more basic stabbings or more, you know, more the paint red, which I love that. But Savini between, you know, Dawn of the Dead and Friday the 13th, there is some of that stuff in Knight Riders, even though it's not horror. Uh, he's really starting to change the game with special effects and what can be done. And what can be done on a, on a relatively low budget. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, I just love it. I think it's a great... I, I think it's the most different, obviously, because it's, you know, it's, it doesn't have Jason. I mean, not not really. It doesn't have Jason. I think that a lot... Of, it's hard to say this because it's part of the, one of the biggest franchises, but I think a lot of people would enjoy it more if it didn't have the whole franchise with it. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think it would have a huge... But like a, there would be like a stronger cult following for it being a good. I think it's film. hard because it's hard because as we've said, it's not. It's built on the sequels, so it's hard to if the sequels didn't exist. Like yeah, it would probably be more of a cult thing. But now since it's the most mainstream thing of all time, yeah, it's hard to. It's yeah yeah. Well, I don't really know really what else can be said about it you know what i mean so what's what's your five what's your number five it's my number five number five we're getting into the the top ones here oh wait as you're looking at that Go ahead. i think i said and i can't remember if i fully explained but until i started rewatching and revamping this list oh i did say it i would have had friday the 13th at least at number three because i do like it that much this one's hard for me Part five, because I'm looking at these right now and I'm not completely confident on what I want my number five to be. Um, This could flip any day between four or five. I think my top three are solid. Four or five, it's a little harder. Um, Number five, I guess, just because for the sake of right now and for the sake of it matching up, I'm going to do part five as my part five. Um, had you told me that I would have liked part five as much as I did on this rewatch, I would have been shocked because I remember even as a kid, I was like, this sucks (laughs) in part five, but, and I came out in 85. So it's a bunch of fives, five, 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 one of your favorite films. Oh my God. Um, everyone likes to pick on it because Jason's not in it. 
That's the big spoiler of the whole podcast. That's the big. <laughs> that's the big reason not to like this film. Just like the same reason not to like Halloween Three. It's because Michael Myers is not in it. Um, but if you look at it for what it is, I don't think that it's bad. I think it's in my top five out of the franchise. So obviously, I don't think it's it's bad. Um, it's really ridiculous. It's probably uh, we've all talked about all these good times having with your friends. I think this would be. The number one yes. to watch with your friends if you're drunk, if yes. if it's legal in your state to get high, like whatever you want to do. Yeah. This is this is the this one is, to watch. Yeah, I agree. With, with all that. your friends. The humor to that. The humor is top notch. Um, actually good. It's actually funny. It's like, actually good it's, humor. It's actually funny, yeah. Um the catalyst for all this happening is someone getting murdered over a chocolate bar. Is the catalyst that makes all this go... Well, okay, yes, but getting murdered for being an annoying motherfucker. And who's who's also picking on another man who's kid, who's mentally deranged and and is is cutting wood. And he's got enough firewood. There's no reason for him to be cutting any more wood. He's working out, bro. They're in the middle of the woods. They're at a fucking halfway house. I mean, I don't know. Um... The scene is one of the most ridiculous in the entire franchise, but it actually works and it's funny. Um, it kind of in the story, it makes the the whole story like the reason why everything's happening kind of makes sense. You know, it, it it it's not such a far stretch. Does that make sense? In regards to what? who the killer is and why the things are Here's happening. Here's the thing that doesn't make sense about this: the killer thing, and I will pick on it a little bit for this. At the end of the film, I mean, it's revealed that the Jason, quote-unquote, in this film is the father of this kid that gets murdered, the kid that was giving him the chocolate bar or whatever. They pull out this guy's wallet. Not only does he have a picture of himself in his wallet, this this adult man, he also has a fully grown picture of his son, who apparently he hasn't seen in years or knew was even at this halfway house or what. How he got a modern picture no, of think, him to put I in his think wallet. That they I admitted that he knew, but he never wanted him to know. The boy to know. Or something. Like that they, they gave some kind of like very vague explanation. But how is he getting this picture of him? Is I, he just I don't know. <laughs> there needs to be a little bit more explanation. I'll, I'll give it to you. Um well, what else you got about part five? Um they make it so obvious that it's him, too, in the film. Because he shows up, he has, like, this big dramatic, like, camera shot of him. Um, and I guess if you don't know going in that Jason isn't the killer... Um, it's not I guess, quite as bad. I guess maybe in 85 it wasn't as bad. But nowadays, like, even if you're watching it for the first time you, you and you know Jason's not the killer, like, you'd be immediately, like, okay, it's that guy. <laughs> like, immediately. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't have to know it's his son, whatever. Just from that yeah. one shot, you yeah. know who it is. Um... There's so much hilarious shit in this. Um, he, like, sh- he shoves a flare in a guy's mouth. I'm going to talk about this qu- quite a bit later. I think this is, uh, you know, it's 85, very peak 80s, right before things go into more, like, humor. Like, even horror has a lot more yeah. humor. Um, there are some moments that are, quote-unquote, suspenseful in this where they still try a little bit. But it brought the humor of the franchise back. I mean, 
There's the wild, wild kills of killing the greasers, the, the, the greaser kids, where he sticks right. the road flare in his face. Yeah. Looks like a fucking jack-o'-lantern. Amazing. I'll, I'll pop every time for that kill. The outhouse scene, incredible. Uh, if, well, also, too, another reason I like this, the the axe murderer, the, the guy who kills, uh, you know, the, main, the guy who plays, fa- I'll call him fake Jason, his son, the axe killer is the main punk from Return of the Living Dead. Right, yeah, yeah. And the guy in the toilet, which they call him Demon in this, right? That's his name. That's what the little boy calls him. It's Demon. Something like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He is also from Return of the oh, Living is he? Dead. Yeah, so I like this. And then the guy who plays Tommy Jarvis in part six is also from Return of the Living Dead. Right. So I kind of have a little bit of a thing where I'm like, oh, man, because I'm a huge Return of the Living Dead fan. Whole franchise, but I mean the first one, obviously. Right. Um, so just to see them all in different Friday the 13th around the same time, like, yeah. uh, you know, I get a little bit of feels for that, I guess. Part five's Tommy Jarvis, though. Whenever you just say the name Tommy Jarvis, that's the one I think of. True, yeah. He's, like, the socially awkward one who apparently is, like, a fucking black belt or something. Like, literally, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. like, does a fucking... Supl- like it's an attitude adjustment basically yeah, to this, yeah, this yeah, guy yeah, in yeah. the middle of the cafeteria um insane and I then he fights that uh, he fights the uh which we haven't talked about the, the hillbilly mom and uh yeah. son I love them for some reason I don't I don't fucking know why <laughs> the the son is so fucking stupid and the mom is just such an ornery horrible woman but she's making her son's like fresh stew and slop every fucking day. She wants to kill all those kids. She tells the sheriff she's going to murder one of them if they come on her property again. Yeah. Like she's just she's a ball of character and she's not really like any of the other characters they put in any of these films, you know. Right. Um I I like every scene. It's hard to talk about this film without talking about every single scene. Um in far as it's hard because I want my top Friday films to be more on the horror side of it, and this is mainly a comedy, which is why I have it on five. But like with this top five, like this is one that I think is easily adjustable for yeah. me. Like this part five, like at one point I had it at three. I almost put it at four right now, um, but I'll have it at five. Um, I love the fucking. Um, like the new wave, like goth girl in the bedroom oh, yeah. do, doing the dance, hysterical. I think this has one of the best group of like actors, kids, whatever. Like I, I, I like almost all of them, yeah. or understand like why they're there. Like even Tommy, like I like this version of Tommy better than the part six version of Tommy Jarvis, right? Um, because it really, honestly. Watching part five to part six, you're like, this is the same kid. Right, yeah. Because he's way more audible, way more, just you know, mouthy, talking constantly, way more expressive in six. I mean, yeah. there's no continuity. You can switch the actor and still keep maybe like a similar tone to the character or similar writing or thing like that. It's, it's, it's completely it's different. It's completely different. Um, but I'll talk more about five in a little bit, yeah. so... Um, what else do I love about Part 5? Probably my favorite character and my favorite scene is 
the one kid that's like sitting on the couch with the girl and he's trying to convince uh, her to have sex with him and he's just like I want to make love to you yeah. and she just starts fucking cracking up in his face and then he gets pissed off and starts screaming at her all these kids have social issues you know maybe juvenile delinquency records like they're all in this halfway house in the middle of nowhere all these kids have come from some kind of issue maybe broken homes whatever nowhere to go um you know the 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 main uh kid the kid that gets killed that sets everything off the whose father is the paramedic um you know he doesn't they say he has nowhere to go right he has literally nowhere to go i mean you know so all these kids obviously that kid that we're talking about there it is very funny i love it it's not smooth to the ladies either way, but he clearly has issues, and I feel bad for him because he goes upstairs. He wants to talk to Vi- I think Violet is the goth girl's name, right? I don't know why that sticks out. I can't. I, I don't know. And uh, you know, she's just so in her music and like won't listen to him, and you know, whatever. Um, there, I have some sympathy for this this cat this uh, group group of kids. Um, do you have anything else? Uh, no, not really. Because, I, I mean, we'll talk about it again with yours, yeah. so if I have anything else to say. So, my number four, huh? These, I guess, would be a little bit easier. I will say that three or four of mine definitely changed in the, in the franchise. I wasn't surprised because of how much I love the franchise and how many films there are, but... I'm gonna go with Friday the 13th Part 6 Jason Lives is my number 4 Okay So This is another one that For some reason Hasn't eluded me I don't I, I wanna use that But I didn't watch this one As much As the other ones Surrounding it Growing up It was almost like one where I think I fell in love with a later one in the franchise that we'll talk about so much that I didn't give six enough of a chance until I was a little bit older. And then I also, other ones that I enjoyed, I don't want to spoil too much. I know we're getting to the end, but there's only a couple. I know, I know, I know, but, um, and I think this is one of the ones too, where I always watched it with either the first couple times I watched it with people around something else going on or I was tired and I just I've always wanted to watch this one more because a lot of people also really love this one right um obviously this is the introduction of zombie Jason it starts with Tommy Jarvis having the having I can't even speak having to go see Jason's grave it's the shittiest funniest grave of all time for a fucking <laughs> mass serial killer uh, who shouldn't even have a grave. Who paid for the fucking grave? Um, should have been cremated into a zillion fucking pieces uh, and thrown all over the earth. Um, he convinces the other guy that's at his like quote-unquote mental hospital to break out or whatever they do and go dig up the body and make sure he's dead or whatever. And they accidentally get Jason to be struck by lightning and revived and, you know, whatever. It's it, it's interesting. It's very 80s. It's very camp. Um, and then they're dealing a lot with the local law enforcement. They don't want to believe that Jason's uh, 
you know, alive. They rename Crystal Lake, right? To right. A, to a new, like, because they don't even want to be associated with the history. So that's the one when I got confused with part two or whatever. Because in part two, they're at the camp next door. In this one, they're actually at Crystal Lake, but they, they called it something else. Yeah, they renamed it because they're trying to basically erase the history of Jason and the murders and everything like Fun that. Fun fact, this one and part two are the only ones where Jason is killing the camp counselors. All the rest is like partiers or whatever. Yeah. And the first one, it's not Jason. Just this one in part two is the, the counselors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways, lots of great kills. It does, you know, the guy that plays Tommy Jarvis is the uh, lead from Return of Living Dead 1 and 2. Um, like I said, soft spots in my heart. I... The writing, some of the writing, uh, some of the acting and writing, like with his character, is not really his fault. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't believe. I think it kind of just the way that it was written. He just right. tried to do the best he could with it. You know, zombie Jason, obviously amazing, fun. It's a fun way to do it. Uh, it's hokey, you know. Very, I feel like old school horror right there. Which he gets struck by lightning, he's revived. Dun dun dun. You know, he's 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 back from the dead. Um, I like that. Uh, another one that I I just rewatched this. I enjoy it more on each watch again. Uh, I did fall asleep a couple times and I had to finish back up. So I would have liked to be able to stay awake and watch it all the way through. Uh, but really, I would say the beginning part of this film to me, I don't know, it's because I've watched the beginning so many times, is more memorable than the rest of the film. I do think it has a strong start, an interesting start. Um, Obviously, I remember the end where they're out on out in the water and the boat right. and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But uh, another one that keeps rising. This one, this one used to be way fu- lower, way way lower. I just I told you don't sleep on it. I I think you did say that, yeah. But it's a it's a fucking banger. I I think we're gonna talk about it more more in a bit here. But it's uh, all I'm gonna say about it right now. Okay. My part four. I mean, my my number four is part seven. Okay. The New Blood. Okay. Um, I guess the only thing in hindsight that's a double-edged sword with this one, this one really leans into the supernatural element to it. I mean, the whole main character is like a psychic or whatever, and that was sort of, all right, the next one... What's the next ridiculous thing we're going to do? What's the next ridiculous thing we're going to do? I mean, part six had that as well, but that was just getting Jason alive again. It wasn't like right, right, a main right. thread throughout the story is, okay, there's a bunch of crazy shit happening like all the time, like supernatural, like ridiculous stuff. Yeah. This is the one that really started going down that road for better or for worse. Right, right. Um... I don't know, man. You love this one, so I know we're going to talk about it a lot when it I gets do, to yours yeah. as well. Um, it's, I think it's by far the best-looking Jason. I Yes, okay, that's something that I was going to bring up. I think when you think of the, the brooding, dark, menacing, especially undead, freak Jason, 
or or Jason, they based a lot of action figures, shirts, other things. Like right. this is the look that this they, is the, the, yeah. This is the zombie Jason. I mean, you with, see, I, I brought up the the back of the cover just for that. I mean, you see, I mean, that's that's your fucking guy right there. Yeah, he's got the back coming apart and all that right. kind of stuff. This is the first time we see Kane Hodder in the role. Um, a lot of people have mixed feelings about him. As Jason, I think he's probably the best. I mean, he's the most recognizable. He played it the most. He was Jason in six again. That's what I was wondering. That's I don't think he was in six. I think it was part seven. No, I know, but I say who was. I can't remember. Oh, I, I don't know. I can't remember who it was. Um, what else? Um, I fell down a rabbit hole when I was watching this film. Okay. So it might have been able to even go higher but literally i was on like imdb and letterbox the entire time watching this because i'm just like who is that actor what's going on in this um the one main doctor or whatever is bernie from weekend at bernie's and i was like who the fuck is this guy and i'm looking that up i fell down this whole thing where there's all these fan films that are going on like right now within the past like two or three years where they've gotten all the original actors back from part seven and are continuing the story. I know. Yeah. I, and I've, I've watched clips of some of them and people have like, like Dylan, Dylan's brother has sent me some of them and stuff too. Yeah. And so literally I'm watching part seven and I'm just like on my phone the entire time. Just like, what the hell is going on? Like I literally felt insane watching part seven and then there's all the fucking lightning strikes like fucking psychic bullshit going on and i'm just like and i wasn't on drugs either (laughs) just like like going insane um i don't know it's just crazy um it's jason the supernatural is to the full extent but up until now all the characters in the situations were normal as i said this was the first one where it stops being like she has that. She telekinesis. Um, I love Jason in this film throwing the heads around. He like throws a decapitated head at a tree. Um, he survives and- the house exploding, <laughs> but then he gets shot a couple times, and he's he's going through something really rough, getting shot a couple times, yeah. but he can survive the house explosion. Well, he can always, you know, his health gauge is pretty low at that point yeah. after that. But- the absolute worst thing about this film. And it's one of my least favorite things in the entire franchise, which is why I probably can't justify putting it any higher. The ending is horrible. With the dude's dad yeah. coming out of the lake and pulling yeah, Jason yeah, down, yeah. and then that's I the know, end. I know, I know. Um, but other than that, I mean, great kills, great special effects. Um, Kane Hodder's great, obviously. Um, the director was a special effects artist, so that's yeah. why I think some of the, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it more when you get to it. I mean, you'll be getting so, to it soon. So. We're in the top three now, huh? Is that what we're doing? We're in the top three, yeah. Well, this has also changed, as I said, because I used to have maybe, you know, round th- number three was the original Friday the 13th. So, number three... I'm going to go with... God, man, this is where it does. This is really I have fa- I have faith in you that you're going to put a certain one at number one so we can talk about it together. I'm hoping that's how this works out. I, but... I almost was going to completely throw the Buddy House of Horrors universe off. Uh, almost. 
I, I, man, I don't even know. I will say right now that my top three, like, is, is doing some rewatches and stuff, and every time I do, it's closer and closer. Like, these are definitely, like, to me, like, all, like, like, if I was going to rate them at a star rating or something, they'd all probably be, like, a quarter of a star difference, if that. Right, yeah. Like, I... Man. You only got three left to pick. I know. I'm... mm. I'd like to say before I do this top three that I think the last three are each perfect Friday the 13th films in their own ways for their own things. And it's kind of funny because they're all... They're all... I don't want to say different. You can't even say era, because, but they're all they're all separated by a few years. They are like different parts of the evolution of the story of Friday. The it's 13th. two different eras, and then the one that's in the middle. Yeah, for your because because I mean, there's only three left you can pick from, so I know what they are. It's just whatever order you're doing them in. So, and one of them jumped just jumps every time I watch it. I, mean, I think everyone already knows that that is, but. I guess I'm going to put, oh man, I guess I'm going to put New Blood at number three. All right. So, and I know I've done the horror sequels podcast and I like, you know, everything like that, but man, my top three was, I was really struggling. I was going to flip flop. There was going to be even some, you know, it would have affected the continuity. <laughs> Of, your, of the of top your, ten lists of, of the other things. Of the I horror mean, sequels. Yes, <laughs> yes it would have. Uh, I think that this is the only franchise I can say that would do that for me. If anything, it'll, you know, make you a little happier. Halloween and Halloween 2 are close. So, I mean, that, I mean maybe. But I've talked, I think I did mention that before. Um, part 7 is... It has the fucking sleeping bag kill. I'll start with that. I think it's just a fucking hilarious... <laughs> kill the unedited version of that if anyone's ever seen it it's jason I've seen it. hitting the body into the tree like about seven seven to ten times and they just they never cut away from it he's just slamming a body into a tree in a zipped up sleeping bag and he looks like he's having the time of his fucking life because it's just once right in the film it's just, it's just bang the and bang that's and they, that's it and he drops it but in the original version, it was supposed to be for, like, fucking almost a minute straight of him doing this. And Paramount, supposedly this is the one that Paramount, like, cut the most, gutted the most. Like, this was supposed to be, I don't I don't think it was supposed to have the meanness or the brutality of Final Chapter. Where, like, very quick kills, right, yeah. very, like quick edits with the kill so it's very violent feeling almost like you're being stabbed or like does that right. make sense with yeah, the screen yeah. like this was you're just kind of it's like almost like you're a voyeur you're watching it but it's a little bit more paced out Jason right like there's a lot of scenes in this where Jason is just walking through the woods menacingly if you remember that yeah and he always has a different weapon the, I, this is something I always want to know Jason uses the most different weapons in the entire series in this film, and I absolutely love that. It's just Jason's like, I'm going to go kill someone. I better find some other insane object to go murder them with. He's like, shit, I've been doing this for uh, yeah, however he, many films. He's, it's just like, uh, I just see him be like, oh, here's, here's my woodshed. I'm just going to get, you know, this and this. and um, 
I like the telekinesis aspect of it. I think it's different. It's interesting. I completely get, you know, I'm very easy to see the other side of the coin where I understand it doesn't fit in. It can cause some problems with this, Uh, you know, introducing supernatural stuff with a non-Jason character. But then on the flip side of that, Jason's now a fucking zombie, so why can't a woman with telekinesis exist? I mean, you know, it's, it's very plausible in this in this new Friday the 13th universe. I just think that's some amazing kills. I think there's the weird interactions with with the uh, you know the doctor and you know the daughter's mom. Mm-hmm. Um the group of kids partying across the road, she obviously being a more sheltered teen and dealing like trying I think really being kind of hidden away almost she sees this group of kids and like really, you know, she wants to know what it's like to be a teenager and to have fun and not be kind of quote unquote studied or a freak. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, you know, she has all this guilt about her father. Uh, you know, it, it almost, there almost could be a, just a, uh, you know, supernatural film based on just their two stories with removing Jason completely. Yeah, Jason's, yeah. It could have been just like, uh, you know, a, a drama, like some kind of thriller drama and just ramped up some gore effects or something on that on its own. Um, I mean, we talked about Jason, the iconic look. They show him with his open back and him decaying and everything like that. Um, I think the ending is the weak, the weak point, but I'm going to say, in my opinion... The climb, like right, right into the last couple minutes, the climax of most of Friday the Thirteenth films, they're good, and then they just make a last minute decision <laughs> that kind of derails it. And almost, almost in every film, to be honest, where yeah. you're like, you're like, uh, you couldn't come up with anything else or ended a little differently. Like when I really think about that, I guess that'd be my biggest gripe with the entire series, the entire franchise. Yeah. Like, not that that's necessarily bad. But the road leading up to it, even maybe the five minutes before that, are absolutely incredible. And then they make one decision, and it's like, <sighs> all right, you know. Even going like, back to the first film, this is, they yeah. don't they don't know how to end these things. Yeah. And I guess that'd be you know, as you mentioned, the biggest gripe with this one. I do like that he's back, you know, kind of tied down, hunkered down to the bottom of the lake. Yeah. There's that, the good scenes of him floating like in the lake, you know, like. Laying dormant until yeah. whatever happens next. Um, I think this one is is essential to view. I mean, yeah, I know the telekinesis is a little bit different than the rest of them, but just the way Jason acts, Kane Hodder, the gore, even the directing in this and the and the writing and everything, I'd say this is right, probably yeah. one of the stronger written ones, acted ones, directed ones. I think overall... I will say as much as I talked about four, four is four for the most part. I think they're doing too much. There's too much in the script for how for the only the ninety min, ninety one right, yeah. minutes. I do think that's well directed, well things like, you know like that. I don't think the script is as good as part seven, but I, I would say overall, usually when I recommend what I consider maybe the best made Friday the Thirteenth of them sequels, uh-huh. I'd go with this one. If does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what do you got for three? Number three, I guess sort of along the same lines as part seven, because um, it was the film right before it. 
is part six, Jason Lives. Um, I've always been a sucker for this one. Um, part of it is because of nostalgia and because of films I already like. And part of it is just because this was the first film of that new era. And it really took things in a good direction for me. Um, this is the first one where... The first four were low budget, kind of campy. The fifth one is kind of its own thing. This is the first one where this is a big Hollywood kind of horror film. Yeah. Um, right from the opening credits, um, it's throwing back to the films that I love from the 30s. They're going to... They're grave robbing. They're going right, right out of a fucking Frankenstein film, even yeah. down to Jason's reveal... Revived by lightning. I know. I was gonna. I saved that for you because I was almost gonna say it, and then I was like, no, no, no. And no. even like if you if you've watched the original Frankenstein film, the way that they reveal Frankenstein, well, the, the monster, <clears throat> obviously not the doctor, the monster, Frankenstein's monster, turns around. It's a series of jump cuts that go up to his face because right. I mean this is the 30s. They're not doing these camera movements. They do the same fucking thing with Jason in this right. film. Right. Where they're just cutting closer and closer to the face, and then they do the whole James Bond thing or whatever. It's great. Um, the music in this is phenomenal. You got like yes. three three songs by Alice Cooper, yeah, um, including the title track. Um, everything about this film I just love, except for the human characters. That's the one thing about this film I'm not into the human story, which is fine because this is the first one where you're cheering for Jason. Right. This is the first one that's like, all right, how many people is he going to go through in this film? <laughs> this is the first one where he's the star. Like, the humans, like, it doesn't even... Like, you have Tommy Jarvis there, but this is the third actor that's played him. It's, in my opinion, I know you love this actor from other things, but I think this is the least memorable of the Tommy Jarvises that he, you have. I, I can't even, like I said, I, I don't know if it's a script or the way they wrote him, but I, yeah, I completely agree. I, I mean, I agree on that. I can't. Um, so the weakest element to this one is the human story, but for that, it doesn't even really matter to me. Um, Jason's actually played by two different actors in this one. Because the first guy, they didn't like the way his body... Basically, Jason had cake in the paintball scene. There's the infamous Jason Ash shot. Um, and whatever, the producers didn't like it or whatever. They made them cast someone else for Jason for the rest of the film. Um, again, tons of horror references throughout. Like, the town next door is Carpenter. Um, like, after John Carpenter, right, obviously. Right, right. There's, like, Karloff's, like general store or some shit like there's all this fucking crazy shit in it um it has a lot of humor in it as well for it does it for does. being this deep into the franchise i mean there's the infamous like jump cut scene where like the old dude is like what do you think i'm a fart head and then it cuts to all the kids at like the after school program going like yeah or whatever there's like all kinds of ridiculous shit in it um there's the van Scene where apparently that was actually the producer's van and they were getting back at him at the last day. Oh, and actually really? fucking flipped his van. Jeez. Um, so much crazy shit in, in this. 
Um, there's the crazy dude in the paintball game who is like right, really like right. sexist, oh, yeah. and he's he's like pissed that like the girl was beating him at paintball. Right. right. Um, just everything about this film is hilarious to me. Um, but like in a good way. It's not in some like part three. Like oh, you might be laughing for the wrong reasons. Like this one has the humor dialed in. This is the only one in why I look. Maybe not the only one, but one of the ones where the person who directed it actually wrote it as well. Yeah, he was he was able to do everything, yeah. yeah. And this is what's his face? Tom Mc was it Tom McLuglin? Or whatever you say his name. I know I know the name. I know he directs some other horror films. I know he's an older director. So that's what I I right. wonder if that like some of the references that you were bringing up, I feel like he's kind of like, you know, a huge fan of Right. Early cinema, so that's why I always got that uh, he kind of was able to put a lot of his own references right. and homages in the film. I mean, it's the same thing now. I mean, every all the filmmakers now reference the '80s and '90s right, and shit exactly. like that. It was the same thing back then. Um, again, like every like the humor is very good. I mean, there's the he like slams the guy's head against the smiley face in the in the woods. Um, just every, it feels like it doesn't have the best kills out of the franchise. It doesn't have the best story out of the franchise. But it's the first one where, like, if you're looking at it, it kind of has the total package of everything that Friday the 13th was, will be, and is. It has yeah. the big budget stuff, but it still has some of the campiness and the goofiness, and it doesn't take itself too, too seriously, even though it is... I guess I hold it to a higher standard than some of the older ones, I guess. I think the middle of the franchise holds up really well if you're just going to go in and watch a Friday the 13th film. Like, even more so than... Because 1 through 4 are all pretty different film to film. They don't really know what it is yet. I mean, they, they're getting there, but you have, you know, Pamela Voorhees as the killer... The mm-hmm. POV stuff. You have Baghead, Sackhead, Jason. It's uh, still looking for its identity. Yes. Where even Five, bef- even though it doesn't have Jason, it kind of has the direction where it wants to go, starting to get, like, the right template. And then Six and Seven, you know, Five, Six, and Seven, they also do have, even Five, I know that you talked about this one being Six being the... One with, like, the bigger budget and stuff, but five had a much bigger budget than, than the early ones. I mean, it right, starts yeah, to yeah. get... We're five, six, and seven. They have a lot more to work with. I think they even have, you know... But um, like you said, with part six, that's the first one where they have, like, a real seasoned kind of guy coming in to yeah, make it. Yeah, yeah, Um. Well, are we down to this... Uh, we're down to our top two. Top two. Well... Before we did this podcast, and it, Buddy goes, "Well, he knows my love for Part Five. My my love for Part Five: A New Beginning grows with every passing year. I'll, I'll just say that." Uh, he's like, "You better not put the only film that doesn't have Jason is your number one Friday the Thirteenth film." I don't care about that. I know, but you said you did say that. But I'm gonna put. Friday the 13th, part five, a new beginning at number two. Okay. I will say it's 
teetering on the edge sometimes of being up there or tied with my number one, which if anyone's keeping track this long, they know what it is. Um, I love part five. Part five is the one that, uh, you know, I sh- you know, you shouldn't love, but it, it's got everything. It's got it's it's I think maybe it's got almost everything it's, to me. It's got everything. It's got the best tits in the entire fucking franchise. The cutest girl, my my girlfriend Midnight Marissa admitted that the cutest girl with the, with the best tits in the franchise. One last thing about Part Six: the only Friday the Thirteenth without nudity. See, that's what it's that's that's, that's why <laughs> that, that's why it took me so long to get into it. Fuck. Uh, but I like the little kid who's staying there. He's funny. Uh. Tommy's really good in this as he should be like mentally scarred from the things he right, endured yeah. as a child. Um you know, they go out and meet the little kid is it is it Richie is the is the little kid's I name? I can't remember his name. He's and, great though. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> he has the the super funny moment where he sees Jason and he, he screams, screams like the highest pitched scream of even for a little boy, a little kid. It's it's Ear sh- I mean, it, if I heard that in theaters, my head would have exploded scanner <laughs> style. I mean, thank God your parents didn't go to that or you might not be here today. Uh, he's great. Both of the main, like, counselor, whatever people are both very good, too. You see the woman a lot more. She's really trying to take care of the kids and, like, really right. wants to rehab them. Like, this is probably the first one where... I'll say that loosely, but... Where, I don't know. I really like the both groups in the first two. But overall, I felt for the kids. This one, I will say, okay, this. This is the first one to have the most characters that are actual more individuals. Right. Yeah. The goth girl, the kid with the speech impediment, the, uh, you know, the kid with the chocolate bar, the angsty axe-cutting teen... Right. You know, the little Richie kid, Tommy. Like, they all, they have more of an identity than, let's say we were talking about four. They're just all, you know, guy one, two, and three. Here's the chicks they want to fuck. Say, right? I'll say there's another film, which it'll get talked about. Okay. Where the characters are all different, defined, but there's a lot more of them and it can get confusing. This is the one where like, all right, we know who we're working with and yeah. this is, they're all very different. But yeah. I won't say it's the first film that did this. No, I, I won't say it is either. I won't say it is either, but I still feel like these guys, this group, of, it's more drastic. I'll yes, say that. It's more no, dra- yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that's perfect. Um, I love the hillbillies. I think it's a nice touch. Um, the paramedic thing. There's the scene that you didn't mention with the with the older paramedic guy that makes fun of the main the other the other uh, paramedic who's seeing his dead right. son, and you know just tell him pick the body up let's go you know he wants to go he's gonna go f- fuck the local waitress he uh, he's revving his fucking car and blowing the coke and he dies the waitress still, is getting still with the gun the gum in his mouth yeah. The waitress is getting chased around. She has that great scene where she's like perking up her tits and spraying some stuff on it, and just like, just very like funny eighties. It's dumbass. The, it's, shit. it's one of the trashiest in the franchise, if yeah. not the trashiest. 
Um, one thing about this paramedic is how is he able to pull off some of these feats? He, like, burst through a door at one point, like, unscathed. He's a big fucking dude, though. I, I, well, all right, I know. We're suspending our disbelief a little bit again. I even like the Jason mask where they're like, it's a fake Jason with the blue, like, right, the blue yeah. accents and stuff like that. I think it's cool. Um, I don't know. I, I, I love this one. I, I think this one... The whole ending, this maybe has one of the better endings of the franchise and, like, the quote-unquote reveal, even though, you know, you kind of put it together. Um, I don't know. I would have loved to seen a scene where Jason goes to the jail where they're detaining this guy and kills the guy that, that killed his son. That would have been incredible. He, he makes it out alive. I mean, we can assume he makes it out alive. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think if this one would have been Jason... It would never would have got any shit because it's it's just right. It's amazing, but uh, all right. What's your number two? My number two. I know Miles hates it for some reason, but I I am as everyone else is. I love part four. Um, it's number two. It's it's got everything that you want from those early films. It's um obviously process of elimination. It's not the best out of the early films. Mm-hmm. Um. But I don't know. I mean, Savini's back. Uh, I love Chris Glover in this. I think he's really good. He it's is a, good in it. I'll, um, I'll give you that. It's a shame he didn't survive till the end. Um, I love that it picks up right where Part Three left off with the body I, still. Yeah, I know. I was waiting. I I was waiting to talk about. Yeah, I yeah that that is good. It has a really good beginning. Uh, um, there's just so many insane moments about this, and like you said, it can be a little distracting at parts and it's hard to talk about without talking about every single scene but i mean you've got the coroner watching that aerobicized tape i did leave that too because that beginning (laughs) i I will say this film starts super fucking strong and then i think it gets convoluted like i mentioned otherwise but like the aerobic scene is absolutely incredible I wanted to see that nurse naked because i think that she's cute (laughs) you're the worst and uh I always, as I was watching this last night before we we did this, I'm like, I'm like, I love in '80s films. Corners are always eating. They're always so sleazy. They're so sleazy. They're they're setting their food or touching dead bodies with one hand and eating with the other. And it's always the worst. It's always like a fucking like turkey like deli sandwich. Yeah, like, exactly. Like the loose meat is like hanging off. Of yeah, the exactly. It's the worst shit of all uh, time. <laughs> or if they're not even like, let's say not even just a corner. A hospital worker. They're always fucking next to a dead body. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, the girls literally act like it's the best thing of all time. She's getting railed out next to a not even fucking cold corpse yet. Uh, and then she, they act like she doesn't realize that a six-foot-something man's body is on the table next to her that she's fucking next right. to. Like, I don't know. Um, there are some weird moments, like... Corey Feldman is gonna get out of the car and fix the engine like this 10 year old kid <laughs> like I feel like they try to make it seem like he's a genius without saying he's a genius but like he's the man of the house cause his dad and mom are divorced and the sister hopes they get back together and the mom's like oh did he ask about me like it's just like the family dynamic is just all over the place in it, you know? Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I just love a lot of the atmosphere this film builds. I love the colors. I love the rain and the wood. Just, like, everything about this, like, building your mood, building your atmosphere. It, it does, uh, you know, like I said, that you know, it, this one is definitely a little... This one's probably, quote-unquote, the scariest, the least amount of humor. I mean, obviously, the aerobic stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, intentional, but unintentional. If you're a man, you're really going to enjoy it. You're going <laughs> to think, like... But pretty much after Jason is back or right. is not dead, then it's like horror, 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 besides a little bit of the of the kid's humor, you know? Right. Um, it's got amazing kills in it. Um, I love when they're watching, like, the 16-millimeter, like, films or whatever. He gets, like, stabbed through it, and then the blood is just on the, uh, the screen, screen yeah, or whatever. The screen, yeah. Incredible. Like, the tent, there's another tent kill in this, which is really good. Um, I love the slow-motion stuff with the music getting tossed onto the car and the yeah. glass shattering everywhere. I think it works well for this film. It I'm does. glad that it they does. only really did that here like they did i mean nothing to that extent outside of this one yeah um it has its like own identity in that way it does um i I love the look of jason in this one i love that they brought it back to the way he looked in the first one um and also i like that there's just more diversity with the characters in this one because i mean this is the first time we had a kid in a friday the 13th film like it's it's nice seeing a little bit different, and then from that into part five, you're getting another kid, and you're getting all these teenagers who have different personalities and stuff like yeah. that. It's not just, oh, the camp counselors, oh, the kids coming to have sex or whatever. It brings in a new element, which they kept through some other ones. Like, you get to see different types of characters, and, like, he's killing adults in the paintball scene and shit like that in some of the other films. So, like, it's not just the teenagers, so... Um, yeah, I love part four. I love that Tommy Jarvis is into horror movies and shit as a kid. Reminds me a little bit of my childhood. Right. Um, with the horror posters. I wish I had the fucking, the mass and shit that he had. Yeah. Um, back then. The but, animatronic that yeah, he's supposed literally, to make or whatever. Literally yeah. insane. <laughs> yeah, and beyond, beyond hard. Um, but yeah, part four, very good. But we both only have one left. There's only one film left. And we it's, can agree. I wouldn't have said this before. We I w- couldn't believe. I was like, wow, we're really building to this, huh? This moment, huh? If there was a Friday the 13th film that I could pop in and watch, I'm almost certainly going to pick part two. The god tier of fucking Friday the 13th. <laughs> I, this, this, doing this podcast and... I would have liked to, granted we don't have enough time, it'd be cool to do a complete behind-the-scenes stuff with Friday the 13th because I feel like as a franchise, each of the Blu-ray releases probably have some of the most like interesting special features and like behind-the-scenes stuff compared to other franchise stuff like that. Like There's a lot of freaking special features on this, on these discs. Like, right, makings yeah. of, deleted scenes, everything. I mean, I still haven't got to really dig into the full content of this which is kind of nice for me as a fan because one day i will you know i'll go down that rabbit hole um some of the stuff i know from watching uh crystal lake memories i've only seen that once though and i so you know some it's some i don't really remember um but two 
Two's the one that, that I've probably watched the most. Two, I believe, is what? The shortest to 81 minutes? 86? Oh, wait. So two, two and six at the same time. They're both 86 minutes. Oh, okay. Well, so, most of that one's flashback, though. The first, so, I mean, technically. The first 15 minutes are flashback. Because I think I've counted before. Flashback, and actually not just flashback, added scene. Like the scene where they actually go, Jason goes to the final girl from the first one's where she's living and kills her. So it is new, but it kind of caps off the end of one. And you see the new group of of camp counselors and what they're going to do. And this one, I mean, I'm thinking of this one just now. This is the film, because like... If you're going to pop in part four, you might be a little confused. This is the one that if you were going to pop one in, since it does have that flashback at the beginning, this is the one you would have no problem. No problem. You can watch it at any given time. Um, amazing. Uh, so, before we go into it more, what made you change your mind then, huh? Where You brought it up to number one. After re-watching them again. Because um, I would have said before watching this, it was like part four, like, duh. Yeah. But when I'm thinking, like, what what am I looking for in a Friday the 13th? What do I think of when I think of Friday the 13th? I think of people sitting around a campfire telling the story. I think of Camp Crystal Lake. I think of Jason doing what Jason does. Yeah. Like, in part four... You, there's, again, there's so many moving parts to it. This one is the quintessential, this is what Friday the 13th is. Yeah. Um, the one thing that people can knock on it is that it doesn't have the classic Jason in it. Yeah. If there was a scene at, like, the very end, like, literally the last scene is, like, oh, Jason wanders up and he finds the mask or whatever. Like, no one would have any complaints about anything in this, like, at all. Like, I think it's the perfect Friday the 13th film. If you, like, like I said, like, that's what really made it between part four and this and even part six or five or whatever. Like, if I'm going to pop one in right now, that's the one I'm going to pick. Like, that's, that's how it came down to it. I agree. It has amazing kills. I really like the whole group of camp counselors more than the initial group. Like, there's the the ginger kid. Every the, I'll say this right now for you: every male character in this film, for the most part, is Miles. <laughs> oh my god! No, it's not. Stop. There's the Joker kid. Miles loves to joke around. There's the one kid that kind of looks like Miles, the one that wears like the paper boy hats. He's got the long blonde hair. I'll talk about that more in a minute. Miles yeah. with the slingshot. Come on, bro. Nice try. Uh, Even the wheelchair kid, because Miles loves a good arm wrestle. Uh, I used to, oh yeah, that's how we got COVID, bro. Uh, I used to like arm wrestling a lot. Now I'm, my fucking arms, I'm, I'm weak. I'm weak. Um, back when I used to work out. Uh, but I told the story before. I'll tell it again for the sake of what time it is right now. But the kid who looks... Okay, so I was talking about the... The ginger guy, the Joker. Right, yeah. He yeah. takes the guys, the you know, the couple's truck when they're going into town yeah. to. Which, all right, real quick with the franchise. I love the early stuff in the early couple films and the council's like trying to get to, to the Chris camp. Like, I just, I don't know why I love that. Like, I don't know what it is. I think because part of it is still, 
these are the very early 80s and it still almost has like a 70s Americana feel right it's yeah. not like so much like glitz and glam diet coke uh, uh, flashy 80s girls or shitty rich 80s right. girls these are like pretty regular like American kids right that are just trying to make some money for the summer and have a good time doesn't mean get fucked up but just you know be a joker or you yeah. know fuck around with your friends make memories like it's not so much about getting fucked up out of your mind getting fucked out of your mind or being yeah. an asshole like it's yeah you know it, it, I don't know it's it's cool uh, I love Hillbilly Sackhead Jason. He's not a perfect killer. He doesn't really know how to kill yet. He makes a bunch of fuck-ups in this film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, which I love, like, because I think this is one of the only slasher films I can think of where the killer, like, just makes a bunch of fuck-ups, like, that, like, almost, like, costs him killing or, like, stalking the main person he wants to get or getting right. hurt himself. Right. Um... Uh, I mean, some other things I, like, love about the film is, like, it's kind of charming, I guess, Oh, in a way. Yes. Like, yes. like like you said, Jason is kind of clumsy. Like, there's a lot of, like, weird stuff, like, from a filmmaking standpoint that like, you can just tell they were just, I don't know. Like, even something as simple as, like, when he shoots her in the ass with the slingshot or whatever, yeah. she grabs, like, the wrong side. Like, it's, like, yeah. a little mistake that's, like, oh, we probably didn't have time to reshoot this or, yeah. like, whatever it is. Like, there's a kind... Like, not only is Jason making little mistakes here and there, I feel like they were making little mistakes, like, behind the scenes, too, which I really like. Like, it's not a perfect film. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just everything about it just kind of hits. I don't know. It, like, I like that Jason hasn't found his full identity yet exactly. in it. Um, I like the way Jason looks in this when he is demasked. Yes, yes. Um, I think that ending, that whole climax is really well done. Really well um, done. When he, like, comes through, not when he's unmasked, but, like, when she's, like, locked in there and he comes through the window, like, by the side yeah. um, and shit like that. That whole, like, climax portion is really good. Oh, it's amazing. It has arguably the best set piece in the film with the shrine to his mother and her... Now, I already knew her name was Amy Steele, the uh, the actress. For some reason, I don't know the last name Steele. I always remember that. But I've watched this film a ton. I think I think her character's name is Ginny. Ginny, like, yeah. Like, but, like, Jin, like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, Ginny. And her character just seems to be able to adapt on the fly, like, almost no other final girl. I have a tattoo that says, Final Girls Always Win, with the Jason mask below... And the girl with the blood, and she was, she's a little done up, but it's really because of this film. Right. Because this was one of them I remember watching, and I'm like, man, that girl is a badass. Like, she legit is, like, adapting each situation right. in a realistic way. It's not like she's just finding a machine gun and, like, oh, I can shoot this machine gun I've never right. shot before. Like, it's a completely realistic scenario. There's nothing supernatural about this. So there's some freak hillbilly in the woods that is trying to kill me and my friends. I don't know why, but I have to figure out how to survive the night. Right. And this is one, like I said, like I alluded to it earlier, but this is the one where all the characters are really defined with their distinct person. Like we said, we have the Joker. We have the couple, if you want to even just put them together. You have the pervert guy. 
Um, the dude in the wheelchair oh, ha- has his own distinct personality. He's yeah. like, oh, he's a nice I, guy. I don't, don't want to go get drunk at the bar because no one wants to see a drunk guy in a wheelchair. Yeah, it's yeah, going to yeah. be embarrassing. And her, they give her backstory that comes back later because, like they say, she was a child psychology major or something. Yeah, yeah. So then when she's going to outsmart Jason, she's using yeah. that to and, trick him. And then they also give some backstory because it's the big cliche that in horror films the car never starts or whatever. Yeah. Her car's fucked from fucked the, from the beginning. beginning. Yeah. yeah. So, and you know, even the lead camp, ca- uh, like the head of the head of the camp, I, tells forget, the, I forget the, his name. I forget his name, but it's like Todd or Paul. Steve, Paul, Paul. Paul. I think it might be Paul. It's something like that. Um, for some reason, I want to think his name Steve, but I think it is. I think you're right. I think I can see her in my head saying Paul or because they have that like scene in the beginning where they're like, yeah, alone together or whatever. He's a fucking Chad. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah. Like, literally, like, the sheriff in town wants to, like, punish the camp counselors for, like, trespassing or whatever. And he's like, what, you're not going to, like, give them punishments? You're not going to, like, make them pay for this or whatever? Yeah. And he was just like, oh, yeah, no seconds on de- on dessert or some yeah, shit. Right. <laughs> legend. Absolute legend. Uh, this is the one where they tell the, you know, they tell the, the story of the cla- Jason. The classic story, yep, around the fire um, and everything. The, so many other films, I don't want to say they ripped off after, because they do it in, like, other slashers, but, because, like, people tell stories around campfires, but I don't remember, like, very many films before that, like, just, like, ones I've watched as an adult that have, like, a bunch of people talking around, a, like, right. telling an urban legend around that, and the, yeah. way it's, the way it's shot, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Um, it has one of my favorite, probably the one that if I think of a Friday the 13th kill that makes me laugh and probably one of the first kills that I was like, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but it's so fucking funny when the wheelchair guy gets the fucking machete it's to the, best the face kill. Yeah. and then he falls down that super long flight of stairs that also has a flat middle part and he has to fall or like slide backwards down a whole nother set <laughs> fucking zooms in on his body and his face and his hands are flailing and it's just it's so fucking obscene and absurd not only is the whole thing absurd itself but the fact that the wheelchair just didn't flip over and stop at one point it's like it's 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 just too fucking good like and I feel bad for that dude because that dude was actually just a really nice guy in the entire film. And then he's just like, hello? He gets the, just, he's like, right. seeing who's there and just gets fucking destroyed. Yeah. Um, it's the best kill in the film. The, one, the kills in this aren't as elaborate as they would get. But still, it's still Jason kind of figuring out what to do. I like Jason running around with a pitchfork, you yeah. know? And, like, obviously him jumping through... The window is iconic. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. I've said about it in the other ones. I really think it's one of the best horror sequels of all time. Uh, like points you brought up, there's an innocence to it. There's a just... It's just everything. It's got everything. It's got good... It's got very good early gore, like even just that, the machete to the face. I mean, right. the kills that it does do stuff. Um, it has a variety of kills, honestly. Um, I guess I guess all of them do, but... It just hits. Everything hits. I don't know. What Everything else to say hits. About it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what else to say. Um, Jason was played by a woman in this. The first time you ever see Jason, the feet in the thing. Oh, really? Jason's first ever appearance. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, and that opening scene, I guess that was all like ad lib too. 
Oh, like, really? They didn't give her a script. Well, she thought she was going to be in the film more. And they, she thought it was, like, weird they didn't give her a script. And so, like, they show up, she ad-libs this thing, and then she dies. So. I was going to say, before we cut it, I knew Steve Miner directed this. Right. He also produced it. What? Didn't he do a Halloween film? I think he did Friday Part 3 right after this. Didn't he do two and three. Oh yeah, he's the only person that's done two Friday the 13th films. He did, films, you right. know what he did? He did H2O. I was just gonna say, he did H2O. That was the one I thought. I'm like, I mean, Steve Meyer did H2O, right? Yeah. It's funny, because the guy who directed, as we talked about, the guy who directed Halloween 2 also directed, directed Resurrection. Resurrection. <laughs> yeah, that's why, that's why I was like, I was trying not to get confused there. But yeah, fucking legend. I, both guys, legends, in my opinion. Um, I just think it's cool that he did a Halloween film. And multiple Friday Thirteen films. Yeah, that's right. I was just thinking about that. I just read, read about that. He's the only one's done too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's really good. Um. It's a shame they couldn't get Savini back for the effects, but he, I mean, it is what it is. Still, it, still good. It still hold, holds up. I mean, it wasn't like uh, they didn't shy away from the kills or anything. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's. Well, any any closing remarks? I don't think so. I mean, I do. I'm glad I went back and rewatched all these. I mean, it had been since like early high school, junior high, since I saw some of these. Right. Um, because like part seven, I only saw like once. So like, Whoa, I'm, really? I'm, I'm glad I got to watch it again. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm glad that. I don't know. We were able to do this. <laughs> it. I think it went a lot better. Hopefully, people people listening out there. Miles was nervous about this, ladies and gents. I don't know. I don't know why. You know, just uh, I really love these films. These are uh, a big part of my youth. Um, I don't know why I love a mass murdering serial killer that wears a hockey mask that kills a bunch of hot chicks and stupid guys and through twelve films, but. Uh, there's something very American about the films. There's yeah. something, uh, I don't know. It's just got it. It's got it for me. So what's next, Miles? What What else are we doing this month? Well, I think we'll. I think we might have a couple. Uh, I'd just say we can call them horror talks. They could be hot takes. They could be thoughts. I think horror uh, hot takes, horror random facts, or whatever we do. I'll uh, I'll try to you know put a little bit together. To a little, little, uh, little couple notes or things together, so we can do a little bit of talking on that. Um, I don't know. I know you have some other things planned in the works for October. Uh, maybe I'll be on those. I don't know. You have to see. I, I know you always have something spinning up there in uh, in the works. So yeah, we'll see where the month takes us. You know, what franchise are we gonna do next year? Whew. I got a couple ideas, but I'm gonna. We're not gonna talk about that. We're not gonna. We're not gonna. We're, spoil not, we're it. not gonna spoil it because we've done the big three. We've done the so big. So we're gonna do something modern. We're gonna do another '80s. I mean, you guys are just gonna have to tune in and find out. I think. Uh, thinking we might even up the ante next year. Oh yeah. Thinking we might do two franchises in in one one season. Oh yeah. So interesting. We'll see, but we're definitely definitely gonna put put a little bit more time and thought into those because these these are things i mean 
watch quite a bit. But the three big franchises yeah. watched enough. Some of these we'll get into some deep cuts. Maybe some deep cuts. Maybe we'll see what we think of them. It won't be Paranormal Activity. We got to get Jared in on that oh, one. My- God. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It won't be that. It won't, maybe. Uh, That'll be a brain damage special, maybe a Patreon special. <laughs> oh my god, I think I'll get brain damage watching Paranormal Activity 1 again. Jesus Christ. Uh, well, thank you for having me on. It's been a good good start to the month. I think this might be the longest podcast we've done. My back, I my. 30... I, I think the horror sequels one was like over four hours, so I don't know if this is the longest one we've done. Wasn't it separated though? It was separated, yeah, but okay. a, the longest continual record session for sure. Okay. God, my back is in... I must be... And I feel my almost 34-year-old back. My dog is... I don't even know if my dog's breathing right now. Oh, he yeah. is. He opened his eyes. Yeah, he'll be almost 35 when this comes out. Oh, Mocha... Geez. No, I'll be almost 34. I'm still 33. Oh, you're 33. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I mean, unless we record for a year. If you want to record for a year straight. Yeah, that's well, fine. Uh all right, well, let us know what your favorite Friday the 13th films are. I, I really would like to hear some, or see some comments or something. Hopefully, maybe we'll do another one in, in the month of October, and maybe we could read some of these comments read out. Read some comments. Some. I mean, I have a, a top list from someone that I'm friends with. I know we didn't discuss Dan's list, but you can roast Dan a little bit. We'll see. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll, touch, we'll touch back on, uh, touch base on this later in the month. Um, It'd be cool, like, at the end of October to just kind of do, like, a recap of, like, some of the shows we did with, like, feedback and stuff like that. That would be cool. So, um, we'll see. If you guys haven't listened, Buddy does have the Halloween podcast, which I really do think uh, is a pretty good listen back. I know that sounds like I'm just boosting my own ego, but I had a really good time doing that. And then also the Nightmare on Elm Street. I thought both of those were actually probably some of my favorite ones I've done, including this. So. And the horror sequels ones. Horror, horror sequels. Horror sequels, good, yeah. Those, the bigger shows are always my favorite because, I mean, there's more thought that goes into them and stuff like that. I mean, I love the, I love doing random horror facts and shit like that. But, like, if you're talking, like, the God tier, like, like, big shows, like, yeah. If you've made it, if you've made it this far or made it through the big three franchises thank you i've enjoyed doing this thank you for listening to me talk about these things i love uh i feel like i could be a little bit a little bit more prepared but uh you know it's getting late we've done a lot of these to the late hours on some weeknights true uh i should be home i should pretty much be in bed right now and i stay up late but uh it's all right. There's always another day. I can always sleep more tomorrow night, right? True. There's always tomorrow. Mm. Buddies, what are you off tomorrow? I am off tomorrow. Yeah, see, so you can say that. Wonderful. My back's screaming at me because I'm I'm usually falling asleep in a fucking recliner at this point. Uh, I do have fresh sheets on my bed, so I don't know. <laughs> that's something. <laughs> Maybe go home tonight. Jason will be in there. He'll fucking stab me right through my fucking <laughs> brand white new sheets. sheets. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. I'm going to see you guys back uh, in the outro to this episode. Um, Miles, just want to say thanks for coming on. It's always a good time. Thank you for having me, honestly. It means a lot.
But that's about it for this time, you guys. I hope you enjoyed us ranking every single film in the Friday the 13th franchise. And I want to hear from you guys. What are your favorite films from this illustrious slasher series? If you're on YouTube, let me know down in the comment section below or get in touch with me through any of my social media sites. All the links are down in the description below. And with that said, I'll see you guys back here again for another episode of the House of Horror coming up very, very soon. So take care and stay spooky.